Hi, I'm Anthony Fury. Thanks for joining us for the latest episode of Full Comment. One of the big questions in the recent federal election was how would the People's Party of Canada fare? The fledgling party was first founded in 2018, and its first time out in the 2019 election offered a so-so result, garnering just shy of 300,000 votes across the entire country. But this time around, things were different. Leader Maxime Bernier was pretty much the only party leader who offered an alternative perspective on lockdowns, vaccine passports, and other pandemic measures. People responded with great passion. Some really loved him, some did not. Bernier attracted massive crowds at rallies, and at one point, some pollsters showed him exceeding 10% of popular support, which was quite something for a new party. Once the votes were tallied, the PPC in fact got 5% support and almost 850,000 votes, beating out the Green Party, whose leader participated in the debates when Max did not. How does Maxime Bernier feel about the election results? What's next for the PPC? Is it just a lockdown protest group, or does it have legs beyond that for future elections? Maxime Bernier joins us now. Hey, Max, thanks for stopping by. Great to have you. Thank you very much. I'm very pleased to be with you. So how do you feel about the results? How did things go in the election for the People's Party of Canada? Yes, uh, you're right. You said in the introduction that uh, 2019, we had 1.6% of the vote. We wasn't able to elect anybody, but you know, it took 20 years and six elections for the Green Party of Canada to have more than 1.6%. So for this election, I'm very pleased, 5.1%. Uh, Actually, it took uh, 25 years for the Green Party of Canada to have more than 5.1% uh, of the vote. So yes, um, this party is growing. And you're right to say that we are right now the, the only real opposition, if you look at our platform and the platform of the Conservatives and the Liberals, they have the same platform on, on the most important issues for the future of this country. And, and yes, this uh, campaign, we focus on the COVID-19 hysteria and freedom of choice. Uh, we, uh, we are for freedom of choice and we are against a vaccine passport. So that was an important uh, theme of that election. But I believe that the next election will be there. It will be a um, it is a minority government, so the party will be ready for the next election. And actually, the good news for us is um, because we had more than 2% of the vote, uh, half of our expenses will be reimbursed by Election Canada. So now we will have more money in the bank to be able to build to the party and build the organization all across the country. So what you're telling me is that this is long term and you're not going anywhere. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. This is long term because uh, we understand that uh, we are in a socialist era right now. It is everywhere in school, universities, uh, journalists, uh, uh, politicians. And I understand the strategy of the Conservative Party of Canada with O'Toole. And they started that with Sheer. Their only goal is to be in government. So that's why they're going to the left. And uh, O'Toole did that during this campaign. And I believe that it will go further to the left for the next campaign to uh, try to have more support. So we will be the only real conservative party in this country. And I think we uh, have an opportunity to grow. Now, uh, you know, as you know, we don't have a seat in parliament, but that will give me more, more time to travel across the country and to build the organizations and also to be with our partisans 
and being sure that uh, we will keep that momentum. So tell me a bit more about you saying now half of your expenses will be covered by Elections Canada because of the vote count you garnered. Uh, explain to me more about how the PPC will become more of a kind of, I, I guess, established official party. Because you're saying, yes, you don't have a seat in the House of Commons. You're not getting an MP salary. And then, of course, when you're an MP, you get however many numbers of staff to hire to work in your office. But you are saying you're still going to have a formal infrastructure and you're going to be, I guess, traveling around the country uh, operating like a party leader. Yes, absolutely. Um, during that election, we had only five people working at the head office, so we'll be able to have a bigger team and, and a more structural organization. We uh, are starting that right now. And also, the most important is uh, to, you know, we did that election without any debt. Uh, the money that we spent during that election was the money that we raised. So we, have, we are in a good financial situation and uh, we are fiscally responsible as a new political party. So now we have money in the bank, we'll receive more money from Election Canada and we'll be able to grow. But our platform will be the same. You know, the platform of this campaign was the same one of the 2019. So that's why I'm saying we are doing politics differently because we don't try to please to everybody. We have a platform, we believe in that platform, and we believe that the more we speak about it, the more Canadians are able to uh, understand our platform and know our platform, the more support we will have. Because we believe that the freedom ideas uh, are the best one for this country. And as you know, we uh, created that party based on four principles, individual freedom, personal responsibility, fairness and respect. And all our policies are in line with these principles. So I, uh, I discussed a little bit during the campaign about the inflation tax. I believe that that would be an important team uh, going forward because uh, that huge deficit of $354 billion that Trudeau did and O'Toole uh, and Trudeau are the same. They want to spend more of our own money and that we don't have. That will create inflation. And I believe that maybe at the next election, uh, the COVID hysteria may be a, a subject or not. If not, that must be maybe the economy and the inflation. And that was the question I wanted to ask you about if when the next election comes around, uh, COVID-19 is, is less a discussion point and, and lockdowns are, are not really on the table or we've just moved on to a different issue and so forth. I, I take your point that your platform in 2021 was very near identical to your platform in 2019, but it does seem like the people who are attracted to your rallies, the people who voted for you, were voting for you not so much because of a number of the points in the platform, but because of your opposition to lockdowns and vaccine passports. Do those people, do you anticipate those people stay with you as voters for the next election, or do you have to forge a, a new coalition of electoral support? I believe that the majority of them will stay with us, and uh, and we will uh, we will still have a discussion about COVID-19, I believe, in uh, two years or three years. But uh, maybe that would be the economy. Maybe that would be also the Canadian unity, as you know, the Western alienation, uh, nobody's speaking about that. We are the only party that uh, will change the equalization formula to be less generous. We will build pipeline by using the constitution, section 9210. Uh, we won't sign the Paris Accord. We won't impose a carbon tax. That may, uh, that may be uh, an important, uh, um, important policies for the next election because I believe that uh, maybe Western alienation will be bigger 
when you have 30% of Albertans that are ready to separate, you need to have an answer to that. And we are the only national political party that has an answer to that. So that may be also part of the campaign next time. But I'm very pleased that at this campaign, we uh, actually are well known for our opposition to COVID-19. Uh, and the next election, that may be another subject, we'll see. But uh, we have more and more people that are interested in our platform. And so uh, I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, this party will be able to grow after the next election. Max, a lot of political analysts, a lot of pollsters were trying to break down who are the people who are supporting the People's Party of Canada. Some are disaffected conservative voters. Others come from this party or that party, people who had stopped voting, who had never voted before. I mean, you're probably the best person to answer this question. Who are PPC voters and supporters? <clears throat> yeah, I wish I can tell you um, uh, an answer to that question because we don't do any polling and I'm looking at the... Hmm. Uh, public polls. But what I know from traveling across the country, you know, we had people that came to me during our rallies. And, you know, I had a man 55 years old and he said it would be the first time that I will vote uh, at the federal level. And, you know, I've met people like that. Uh, our organization in Saskatoon, that was a former NDP that was in charge of our organization. And he came with us because our position on COVID-19 and against the vaccine passport so but i believe that the majority of our supporters uh, may be former conservatives that they're looking at the conservative party of canada and on the most important issues like i said they're not conservative anymore and i understand Aaron O'Toole and the, the establishment of the conservative party when your goal is only to be in power and you will you will say what canadians wants to hear to be able to be in power but by doing that, they're giving a lot of credibility to the leftist narrative. So uh, it's very hard to say, but uh, we uh, are a kind of a coalition uh, under the freedom umbrella. And I believe that uh, that coalition can grow again at the next election. There certainly seemed to be a lot of energy, enthusiasm, momentum behind those rallies. What was going on? at those rallies? What, what was the message? What was the energy? Well, my main message was always the same, you know. Uh, my, uh, I, I was saying, you know, when tyranny becomes uh, <coughs> the law, revolution becomes, uh, becomes our duty. And I was asking, you know, we need to have an ideological revolution in this country, a common sense revolution, a freedom revolution. And I believe that that was uh, uh, people liked it when I was saying that because they know that if you look here in this country and other countries, uh, the woke culture is everywhere, socialism is everywhere. So if you need to win, if you want to win that battle of ideas, we need to start and step by step. That's what I said. You know, my goal, and I said to my candidates before this campaign, our goal is four percent, and we had five percent, five point one percent. But because that we didn't have a strong organization on the ground to get out the vote, uh, I, I believe that, you know, we uh, will have been able to have six or seven percent. But at the next campaign, we'll have a more professional organization and will be more organized to get out the vote. But, um, you know, I believe that uh, we, we have a, a bright future. So the people who came in our rallies were people that, you know, 
were fed up with the situation. Uh, a lot of people coming from a uh, uh, former communist country, Russia, hmm. and they were telling me, Maxime, this part, this country is not going in the right direction. I don't like that. Uh, and I understand if we don't stop that right now, uh, you know, we can be in a, in a situation that we won't like in a couple of years from now. So we'll see what will happen. But on vaccine passport, we started that in Quebec and now it's in Ontario. It will be in, it's in BC. It will be in Alberta. And, uh, you know, I was saying that during the May rallies, we don't want a, a kind of a society where you have uh, two kinds of citizens. And that's what we are having right now. The good one are the vaccinated ones and the bad one are the unvaccinated ones. That's uh, discrimination and segregation. And uh, <clears throat> that team was very popular because uh, I believe that our people were real freedom fighters. You know, it's it's interesting. At some of those rallies, there were, let's say, about 200 people. And then the final vote in that riding would, would be, let's say, 2,000 votes, for instance, for the People's Party. So something like that. And it's interesting to see that you can have one rally that makes up 10% of the people who vote for you. That's normally not, you know, liberals will get you know, 50 people out at a rally and then whatever, 15,000 votes in that riding. It, it suggests that the support is is very passionate support, but I guess the size of the rally doesn't always tell us, it isn't always emblematic of what the final vote tally will be. And, and maybe I believe that some of our people did not vote uh, because if, if you look at the participation rate, uh, that's one of the worst hmm. uh, since a long time. Uh, 40, around 40% 40 of the population didn't vote. And I believe that we have a lot of our supporters uh, in that. So we need to have a better organization on the ground to be able to grow. And that would be one of our focus uh, right now, starting right now. Uh, you, I asked you the question, who are PPC voters? Who are the supporters? You mentioned uh, people coming from former communist uh, countries. I know the PPC candidate in my own writing is someone who has uh, come from a former communist country. Let me ask you, who are PPC candidates? Who are the people who are putting their name to run for the party? Yeah, I was very proud of our candidates. Uh, you know, we didn't have, we didn't ask for diversity, but we had diversity. We had, you know, um, <coughs> dad at home. Uh, we had a truck driver, a university professor, lawyer, uh, b small business owner, uh, students, uh, you know, f and also people from different ethnicity. Uh, and like I said, you know, we, we don't, uh, we were very, um, we had a very strong process to select our candidates. And, um, and we had people, you know, that the only condition we asked, asked them, do you believe in the four principles of this party? Are you ready to fight for Canadians and to put our country first? And after doing a review and a, a background check and social media check and a credit check, we, uh, we approve them. So not right now, it would be easier from us because our goal at this election was to have 338 candidates. So one candidate in every riding, but we were not able to achieve that with the time. And so we had only 312 candidates. So, but now what we will do we will reappoint our candidates and the one that are ready to uh, do the fight again for the next election as soon as possible. 
So right now, these people would be able to campaign in their writings, to, to be present on social media. So that will help because we know that we may have an election in two years or three years. So we just need to be ready and we don't want to wait at the last minute to have a full slate of candidates. So we'll be better organized. We'll have better tools for our candidates. And that's why, you know, I'm very optimistic for the future. Max, I want to ask you, unrelated to something of you saying having very diverse candidates. So a few days ago, there was a bit of a bit of a news story. You posted to social media that you had received what you described as offensive requests from, quote, far left activists masquerading as journalists. And this was from uh, a few people from different news outlets. And the questions were largely, I guess, talking about how do you respond to allegations that your party has has racism, intolerance, anti-immigrant position, and you were sort of upset by that. And then you did post some of their email addresses and said, look, you know, complain to these journalists about their work or whatever. Tell them what you think of, as you wrote, their disgusting uh, smear jobs. But in fairness to them, I do want to put that question to you then, because these questions have been put forward allegations about your party, racism, anti-immigrant positions. How do you respond to that? Yeah, first of all, they tried that in the 2019 election uh, with Kinsella that was paid by the Conservative Party of Canada. He received $120,000 to discredit our party. And that campaign was very successful on his side. You know, we had a Jewish candidate and Muslim candidate that was that were uh, <coughs> candidates for us at the last campaign in 2019. And they were doing door knocking and, oh, I don't want to vote for that racist party. That's why I'm in court right now, in the court right now with Kinsella. I must have my judgment in uh, uh, before the end of this month or early October. And, you know, I'm uh, suing Kinsella for $325,000 for defamation. I will win that case for sure. And uh, because he said that I was a racist, a Nazi. And it's based on nothing. Uh, because of our immigration policy, we just want fewer immigrants. We're the only party, and that's still a position of our party. We want more skilled immigrants and uh, less uh, refugees and less people coming under the reunification of family. And we want our immigration policy to fulfill the economic needs of our country. So 150,000 must be the maximum, not 400,000 a year. For me, it's a mass immigration and uh, we believe in sustainable immigration. So these uh, journalists came back with that. I believe that, you know, they tried to in- ignore us during the campaign uh, because, you know, they don't want to give us any visibility because I must, I must say that they know that if, we, <clears throat> if they do a fair coverage, our policies and our platform based on common sense and freedom, uh, it's very powerful. So they decided to ignore us and uh, that was uh, their strategy, but it didn't work because we were able to grow <clears throat> more than three times the, the, the vote that we had at the last election. And at the end of the election, they tried to go back to the strategy to discredit us and saying that we are a racist party. That won't, uh, you know, <clears throat> that, that's not true. And uh, actually I was very mad when they said that. Prominent journalists that are saying that we are a danger for this country when you speak about freedom, about liberty, and if you read our platform, we are not. So uh, we will ignore them and we'll do our campaign on social media. Uh, we'll be more, more active on social media. And actually, I gave an interview to Jordan Peterson uh, five days ago. And I spoke about that, that the, the mainstream media that was not covering us during the campaign. 
And Jordan told me, Maxime, don't, don't do anything with that. You know, you can be very successful using only social media and the mainstream media are dying. So uh, that will do that in the future. And uh, if they're not serious and they don't want to ask questions about our platform, uh, we won't answer them anymore. Speaking of questions uh, for platforms and things that are maybe dying in terms of their audience numbers, lots of questions of whether or not debates actually matter, formal debates, and whether or not the viewership has been eroded for them over the years. Uh, nonetheless, in 2019, you did participate in at, at least some of the federal leaders' debates that were televised. This year, you did not. Uh, my position was, well, if he participated last time and the sky didn't fall, I don't see why he can't participate this time. What's the big deal? Uh, Annamie Paul, Green Party leader, she participated in the leaders' debates. Nice lady, but it just seems like she didn't attract the same support and votes that you did. The Green Party uh, actually lost a lot of votes. How did you feel about being excluded uh, from the leaders' debate? Yeah, I was disappointed, but, you know, that's why the strategy during the campaign was to do a lot of rallies. You know, I did three to four rallies a day, uh, almost every day of the campaign, and tried to reach more Canadians because I was not able to be there to be there at these uh, debates. But at the next election, I'll be there. The condition was to have 4% of the vote. We had 5.1%. Uh, I'll be there. And that would be interesting because we'll be the only uh, real opposition on every subject. That was not a debate, actually. That was a conversation uh, between political parties that share the same views. And if you look at the, the viewers, I believe that the, the majority of Canadians were watching only the 30, 31st minutes, and it, it was not so interesting. Hmm. So my goal would be to be there and just to speak about our platform on different issues. You know, we are saying no to climate alarmism. We are saying... Uh, no to the Paris Accord. That will be the same thing at the next election. So I believe that that will help me to reach a little bit more people that are may, may not on social media. Uh, that will be, and I'm very pleased that I will be, I will be able to participate uh, at the next election in these debates. And talking about you being busy uh, with so many rallies every day, I, I do just want to say for the listeners, because I know you pointed out people are talking about you now, but they didn't cover you before the election. Uh, we did try to book you on this podcast prior to election day, but you you were too busy. You were too busy doing the rally, so you declined our request. We did have Aaron O'Toole on the program. We tried to get Jagmeet Singh uh, on the program, and we almost found a date, but we didn't make it work there. So I guess uh, we were trying to get you on the show, but uh, you were at a lot of rallies. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. And I'm very pleased that we're doing that right now. Uh, Max, so uh, moving on, a lot of the things that you're talking about here, some people see as maybe that should be conservative positions in terms of not being uh, so enthralled uh, with, with excessive climate change provisions like carbon taxes and so forth. I want to talk about the dynamic with the PPC and the Conservative Party. In particular, a lot of people who were saying, the vote for the PPCs is a vote for Justin Trudeau and that you arguably reduce the conservative seat count and maybe even, you know, change the outcome of the election. How, how do you respond to that, that you're basically a spoiler keeping Justin Trudeau in as prime minister? You know, that um, saying that it's uh, taking for account that the conservatives own these votes and they are not and they are not conservative anymore. And so that's not my fault if uh, Aaron O'Toole is not a conservative. Look at his platform on gun control, on climate change, uh, flip-flop every day of the campaign. And, uh, and I believe that the real conservative know right now that 
what is the goal to elect Aaron O'Toole if he has the same policies than Trudeau? So that's why I believe that these people are coming on our side. And I was telling them during the campaign, don't vote against something. Don't try to vote against Trudeau and just to get rid of Trudeau because you'll have a Trudeau light with Aaron O'Toole. Look at his platform. Vote for something. Vote for your values. You know, if you want the conservative ideas to win the battle, we need to speak about it openly with passion and conviction. And that's our role at the PPC. You know, we want to win that battle of ideas. And we believe that the real conservative ideas based on freedom, property rights, individual freedom and personal responsibility are the best ideas for this country. We have a vision of this country. I understand that the population is not ready for that vision, but it's not because the population is not ready that we won't speak about it. We th believe that the more we speak about it, the more support we will have. And actually, I like a proof, the last election was a nice proof of that from 1.6 to 5.1. So now we will grow a little bit more. But I believe that the conservative will go further to the left just to be able to be in government. But if you have a conservative government that won't do anything conservative, it, it's a waste of your votes. And I believe that more people understand that. And that will be the same thing at the next election. You're very hard on the Conservative Party right now, but let's be honest. In 2017, there was a leadership race. 50% of the people uh, on the final ballot selected Andrew Scheer. 49% of people on the ballot supported a person who talked about free markets, libertarian principles. Yourself, Maxime Bernier, a very narrow loss. I guess a lot of people are still asking, well, Max, why didn't you just stick around? I know you weren't happy. You said, oh, I don't think Andrew Scheer will win. Andrew Scheer did not win. And then there's the next leadership race and Max has this base and Max has so much support. Max wins. Max becomes prime minister. All these things we're talking about right now, you enact. Why did you not choose uh, to pursue that pathway? <clears throat> because like I said, when I left the party, I said this party is morally and inter intellectually corrupt. Because I try after not winning. But 50% of it supported you. Half of it Sorry? supported you. 50% of, of the party supported you, though. 49%. Yeah, yeah. Was that so, part corrupt? Yeah. So, so the establishment of the party. So that's what I said. I tried for 11 months. I stayed in the party. I had 49% of support. And when Andrew Scheer told me, Maxime, we won't take any of your ideas. That was very popular with the membership. But now we're going to an election and all your ideas are not popular. We did a lot of survey, so we won't take any of your ideas. So and you're speaking for yourself. And after that, I decided, OK, you know, I don't have any future here. I'm leaving. And uh, and that's why I'm telling you they're doing politics by polling and survey. And their only goal is to be in government. I'm doing politics based on principles and ideas and my goal is for these ideas to be more popular and and we will win that battle of ideas so i tried for 11 months i was not successful and when i said that the establishment uh, uh, was uh, morally and intellectually corrupt we had another proof with aaron utul aaron utul decided to run a campaign he was speaking like me when he was running his campaign for the leadership of the conservative party of canada right because he knew that it's very popular with the membership. But after that, because he, want, he wanted to be prime minister, he flip-flopped like, uh, like uh, Andrew Scheer to speak to have more support than with like the majority of Canadians. 
And that's why if you don't have real conservative ideas, what is the goal to elect a conservative government if they're not conservative? But, but I think a lot of people listening to you would go, you know what, Max makes a good point. Andrew Scheer, Aaron O'Toole, leadership races, campaigning much more conservative, much more in line with the positions that you are articulating. And I suspect that that is much closer to their personal beliefs and convictions. And then they get in and they do the polling and the sampling and they all talk and the strategists and then they get more, you know, centrist or liberal or leaning to the left or what have you. And they found twice in a row it hasn't worked. So do you think maybe coming up in the next election or the next conservative leadership race, they'll go, well, yeah, I don't know. Max kind of has a point. And then they are just going to correct this problem. No, no, I believe that they will go further to the left. Uh, that, you know, if you want to be in government, that's the best strategy because we are living in a leftist era, woke and socialist right. era. You want to be in government, they will be more like the liberals and uh, that will be their, their only strategy. And they think in the beginning, oh, we can have a, a little right-wing party at all at our right and so would be able to show to canadians that we're not a right-wing party but now this little party is more than a little one and you know we have we had more support than the greens and we'll have more support at the next election uh, and i believe that in a couple of years from now maybe the conservative party will disappear uh, i don't know but I believe that their strategy, if their goal is to be in government, their strategy is to be to the left uh, and, and they will go to the left. Our goal is not to be in government. I wish a day I can be prime minister, but my goal is to be sure that our ideas would be more popular. We have a vision of this country with a smaller government in Ottawa that will respect provincial jurisdiction, give more autonomy to provinces. By doing that, we'll have a radical decentralization and I'm doing politics based on ideas. And <clears throat> that's why, you know, we won't do any compromise to elect candidates. We will grow our percentage of the votes. And I believe that the next election, we may have one, two or three candidates elected. We'll see what will happen, but it's a long battle. I'm 58 years old, I'm in shape, and we'll see what will happen. Max, where do you think the pulse of the nation is heading politically? You say the conservatives are going more liberal, moving more leftward is the nation moving more leftward? Yes, I believe so. I believe so. With all that propaganda, look at the COVID-19. Uh, you know, they were very efficient with censorship, propaganda, uh, all everywhere and using fear. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it will take time for, for our conservative ideas to win. But yes, I believe that we can be in that socialist era for the next five, 10 years. Um, we are in an era like that, and uh, we want to be the only real option for free market uh, people and people who believe in who, people who believe in a, in freedom and a, a smaller government. Uh, and I believe that uh, we'll have time to show that, and that's why we are running on the same platform because we don't do any polling. Uh, you know, this election. The most popular policy for us was ending the COVID hysteria and against the vaccine passport. So I spoke a lot about that. But during my rallies also, I was speaking about balancing the budget. I was speaking about the inflation tax that is there. I was speaking about the equalization formula. Uh, and I'll do the same next time. Uh, Max, when we talk about the things that Canadians support now, it used to be not too long ago that when people wanted to have change in their communities, 
in their neighborhoods. They would just rally together in civil society and, and bring about that change themselves. You know, there's the old cliched story about people would just gather together and build a barn physically themselves kind of stuff. That's how the community would rally together. Now, increasingly over the years, more and more people believe that that I guess government is the only solution to something. There's something they don't like, there's a problem, there's a, something lacking in society. The government must solve that problem. I, I believe that's maybe a trend that you're talking about here. Do you believe that that trend can or even will be reversed? Uh, do you believe younger people uh, are inherently wanting more government now or are they open uh, to the principles of liberty more? Uh, you're absolutely right about that. You know. We have a big government in Ottawa, big government governments at the provincial level. And, and when you have a big government, a government that is interfering more in your day-to-day -day life, uh, you know, you, you are looking to Canadians like children uh, and, and you need to take care of them. So the individual responsibility is not there. Uh, and, and that's why we have big government. People ask for that and they are not ready to take their own responsibility. But uh, I can tell you, I was looking at a poll concerning uh, our supporters, uh, public polls, and uh, they were <laughs> saying that it's young men between 18 years old to 40 years old that are our voters. The, the, we have uh, most uh, support with young men between 18 to uh, 45 years old, something like that. So I believe there's a future. But uh, I believe that it won't happen at the next election. It may be take two elections or three elections. But young people uh, want to be uh, more independent. And what look what uh, Jordan Peterson is doing. Uh, Jordan Peterson is very popular. But the political, uh, the, the political point of view of that is to have a smaller government with people must be uh, responsible and trusting each other. Now there's no trust in our society. Uh, you know, if you're not vaccinated, you're supposed to be a danger for people who are vaccinated. You know, if the, vac the vaccine is working, and I believe it's working, right. why I cannot go to a restaurant with a person that uh, had the vaccines? So it's not based on logic. It's not based on science. Everybody can spread the virus. And so it's a division, a segregation in our society. And people ask for more big government. And I believe that uh, there's a future but maybe the future is not tomorrow. And that's why the Conservative Party of Canada is going to the left. But by doing that, it's giving them a lot more credibility, like I said, to the leftists, and it will be harder for us to convince more people to come on our side. Max, before we go, we know the PPC has overtaken the Green Party of Canada now. A lot of people previously talking about how the Green Party was really a one-woman show. It was the Elizabeth May show. She's gone now, Miss Enemy Paul gets in, nice lady, people, you know, very high on the likability index, but clearly the party is to some degree uh, collapsing, minimizing, who knows what future they have. What future does the PPC have after Maxime Bernier? What will you be doing uh, to broaden the tent? Because right now it does appear to be the Max show. Yeah, we had a very great candidates all across the country. And I can tell you that uh, we'll have... <clears throat> When, uh, when I'll be uh, tired to do that or, or the members will ask me to resign, uh, I will listen to that. And I can tell you that we'll have uh, good people that will come. We have good people all across the country that were ready to be candidates. And I believe that this party is there for the long term with Maxime Bernier or without Maxime Bernier. I'm not scared about that. 
whether there's uh, a leadership race for the Conservative Party, it's mandated that there is a leadership review, a vote, after losing an election. So Aaron O'Toole will face some form of judgment from the membership one way or another. Is there a mechanism like that in the PPC in terms of uh, the, the electorate, have it, the membership having a say in whether or not you are the leader into the next election? Yes, absolutely. Uh, we will have something and we'll have also a, a, a process for leadership contest. Uh, that will come and our members will be able to decide if they want me for the next election or not. Maxime, are you optimistic about the future of Canada? Uh, the, the future, the, the near future, the next three or four years, no, but the, the longer future, yes. I believe that people will understand that uh, the, the path that we are going right now is not great for this country. We are losing our sovereignty. We are losing our independence as individual. And I believe that more and more people will come and understand that. So uh, I, I believe that, you know, in the next five or six years, we can change that country for the better. Maxime Bernier, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. I appreciate that. Have a nice day. Same to you. Full Comment is a post-media podcast. I'm Anthony Fury. This episode was produced by Andre Pru with theme music by Bryce Hall. Kevin Libin is the executive producer. You can subscribe to Full Comment on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can help us by giving us a rating or a review and by telling your friends about us. Thanks for listening.